When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Ellie Nick, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brandt-Bernard. And we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. A little news, a little information. Catherine has some Bernie news, apparently. Well, I just there was a it just showed up on my Twitter feed. His uh, his latest one that I've seen is the crisis we face from coronavirus <laughs> is on the scale of a major war. Oh, God. oh what it does! And he's got he's got this an emergency <laughs> response to the corona pandemic coronavirus pandemic on berniesanders.com. I you know what? He's running for president. He is not the authority no, on this. And, and, no. and he's telling people that he'll give everyone two thousand dollars. <laughs> and he's yeah I know with his monopoly money that he has in his back pocket. Yeah. Um, what what I what's driving me crazy about Bernie and how I you know I I kind of agree with some of the stuff that he says I actually do, but <laughs> the fact that he's <clears throat> dropping in um, delegates or not gaining enough delegates he's he's very desperate. Oh he's and you can't trust somebody that's desperate. And he's yeah. starting to, he's just trying to make it more and more of a panic so that people will somehow vote for him because he's fear-mongering. Yep. And yep. I just think that's a really crappy way of getting people on your side. Well, Melissa and I f- were watching the news for once, and uh, I forget who it was. It was like a governor, I think. Como, probably. He said that uh, the coronavirus impact is like a Pearl Harbor every day. Yep. 
I'm the other one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Just that was like, Andrew Cuomo that said that. Okay. Okay. It was? Yes. Well, of course So we have 100 people died nationwide now? 100? Is uh, that right? Is that the that local? No. 117 it is. 117. And this is not like, a major yeah. war. That's how many people died today from heroin overdoses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in one, in, yeah, in one, in one day. Right. Well, I looked at the statistics I, and 90... Five percent, I think, of people who die of the coronavirus are over the age of seventy. So yes, exactly. I mean, you know, it sucks, but you just most not like the vast, vast majority <laughs> of people don't have to worry. Washington State's asking criminals to to uh, slow their activity for the coronavirus. Please stop doing crime. <laughs> stop selling drugs. What? Yeah, they actually asked criminals to work. You no. Know, not work. Hmm. Well, that's interesting because what what we're seeing is people panicking like crazy. Yes. This this thought of the lack of, you know, whatever toilet paper, hamburger, the lack of is, oh, yeah, it hamburger. makes people panic even worse, and people behave very badly when they don't think that they can get something. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's pretty much true. I did. Catherine and I got a good laugh though. We got a good laugh today. There's no doubt about it. Uh, President Trump walks out on stage, and you know how he loves to poke the bear and be a pain in the ass, which I find very <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's funny. He comes out on international television about 10 minutes ago and says, well, here's the latest news on the Chinese virus. <laughs> well, he just can't stop himself. He can't. Can he? he can't, and he won't. I mean... <laughs> He's just like, well, China, I, I do agree. I, I don't understand it. why people are all of a sudden thinking that China is like this innocent party. They screwed this up, and they're the ones that are responsible for well, this. Now they're trying to say Chinese that our bastard. military brought it there. <clears throat> That's crap. Yeah, I know. They're trying to say that. It's all crap. Hilarious? Yep, it's all our fault. Hey. There's no, oh, well, here's a good one for you. Ugly rumors caused Oprah Winfrey's name to trend Tuesday night and ultimately prompted a response from Oprah herself. A series of tweets that started getting attention on Sunday alleged that the celebrity's Florida home had been raided by police who were digging up tunnels there in connection with an alleged sex trafficking ring. Never mind the fact that Oprah Winfrey doesn't own a home in Florida. But, you know. So basically they're saying this. The Guardian reports the tweets put forth two theories. Some noting the friendship Oprah enjoyed with Harvey Weinstein and others saying that the coronavirus was somehow engineered to shift the spotlight away from the rest of celebrities in Hollywood. <laughs> Good Lord. Mm. This world's going crazy. Oh, isn't it unbelievable? It is. It's just crazy. It is psychotic. One good thing, though, you got, you got to love these fuel prices. Yeah, that's for sure. They keep dropping too, I don't know. they? And they're gonna. I think they're gonna keep dropping because Saudi Arabia they dumped their whole reserve, and then we followed them, and we had a big reserve. Yeah. So I think fuel prices are gonna stay low throughout the summer. So why are why are the Saudis um, pumping so much oil? What is what is this little what is this thing about? Well, Does anybody so, really know what the I base do. of I actually know a little is? bit. Um, Saudi Arabia is in, in dire straits financially. They're they're not doing well. Yeah. Um, really? No, because mm. real, we became we were yeah, their biggest. We were one of their biggest oil buyers, importers, and we don't import oil from them anymore. So, you know, they only supply Iran and some other countries. So they're they're not doing too well. Well, don't they supply? Um, Europe doesn't have. I mean, Norway has natural. But we're we're has a big, oil. We're, but we're a huge exporter right now. We put a big. Yeah, in. well, good. We like that a lot. Yeah. So look, if you're uh, oh, the, the, by the way, I got to continue one more paragraph of this. The Guardian reports the tweets put forth theories, some noting the friendship Oprah enjoyed with Harvey Weinstein, others suggesting the novel coronavirus epidemic was somehow engineered to shift the spotlight away from the arrest of celebrities involved in the alleged ring, which, per the bonkers theory, included Tom Hanks and Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Have people lost uh, their minds? All they have. Oh, God. I don't know. Why do you think it is that people enjoy 
blasting the piss out of celebrities and rich people so much? Why do they love to try to destroy their lives? Well, I just celebrities, don't get it. I think, do it to themselves because as soon as they're famous and they've got some money, all of a sudden they become the authority on everything yeah, and tell everybody true. what to do. And I think that that's just kind of you are right you know. about that. Yeah, when they, get, like, oh, when, yeah. They, when they get up on their high horse and start pre- telling everybody how to live when they're exactly. when they got ten million ten billion dollars in the bank. Yeah. Exactly. People people get resentful of that kind of crap. Yeah. You should you should stay home and ride a scooter while I'm jetting around the country in my yeah. own jet and my yacht and yeah, da, 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 da. so it's just they're just such hypocrites that you can't take it anymore. Well, it's absolutely true. I don't know the the whole thing is just but I do love the fact that there's still a lot of people out there that'll poke the bear like Donald Trump. The Chinese virus. <laughs> he only does it because it know, he knows it pisses everybody oh, off. it makes the libs oh, go God. insane. It's they, what, they're that? dedicating their lives to making sure people don't call it the uh, Why? Wuhan. Why? Why is that? Because they say um, because uh, they're, they're saying that viruses don't have an ethnicity. Because they have an origin. Yeah. They have origin, a country, China. Well, yeah. but but Came see, we, I know, but we have identity politics on absolutely everything, yes, right? So what about swine so, flu? They, they, didn't they stick up for the pigs? <laughs> what about, what about the every bird virus? Flu? What about every they virus stick up for the birds? Have to become this like, is the Chinese well, flu. Virus 279, and then everyone's no one's going to know what anyone's talking about because no one remembers random strings of right. numbers. Well, again, West Nile virus. Yeah. Nobody was racist when they called it the West Nile virus. Now it's ra- everything's racist now, by the way. Oh, it it's is. hilarious. Well, West Nile is a region. Yes. Right? Yeah. China's a country. Chinese could be could be more Spanish about people. Flu? Yeah, Spanish, Spanish flu. flu. Absolutely. Uh, I guess you're right. It's, it's not complete. called Spaniards flu, though. Once again, <laughs> it, the, that far, far progressive left group of people, you've lost your minds. You really should check into the hospital because you're crazy. And I'm not talking about Democrats here. I'm talking about far, far left progressives. You people are nuts. Well, they, the people they, that can't think of anything they really else. Are, they yes. really are crazy. They're, they're really, they really are. crazy. So I, I, this is an example. I know if I, had, I thought he was my friend. And I don't unfriend people, but for their political views on social media, you're my friend. You're my friend. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, look, look what you post and laugh and move on. This guy posted this story, a fake news story that was from some no no, no name website mm. that said Donald Trump was importing hundreds of thousands of infected Chinese people into America right now secretly. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, God. absolutely. Because so there's a big upside to I that. Comment, I comment, dude, what's the point of posting this story? It's obviously not true. I mean, come on. And he, the dude blocked me and unfriended me. And it's somebody I've known for years. Oh, God. And Isn't I thought, I thought we were actually like pretty close friends. See, that's the thing. I mean, you're right. People just lose their minds. They do. I, 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 I was really um, happy to see that New York is actually happy about something for a change. Yeah, really. That they're getting what they want for support from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure people are very unhappy that they're happy. Well, what's interesting is now uh, after uh, Gavin Newsom, the the governor of California, praised Donald Trump and the way he reacted, telling people I got everything I needed from the president. Now Governor Cuomo in uh, New York, after having a verbal battle with Donald Trump earlier in the week or late last week, whenever that was, I think these morons are starting to understand we need to get along because the people are going to end up hating all of us if we don't. Seriously, I am so sick of Chuck Schumer, and the only reason he's doing it is because AOC is going to take his job, and he's terrified. He is a one horrible human being. God, he's a bad person. He's he's the the worst. He is. The worst. The worst. He really is. I can't even watch him speak. I know. It's just, this is not all about you, Chuck. It's not all about you retaining your Senate office. You know, it'd be great if you did your job, got off your ass, and did something for the people for once instead of for yourself. How That'd be he, really great. How long has he been in that office? Now, how long has he? I don't even know. I think a, I very, no I think a very long time. 
look, you're never going to get all the way back to being a decent person because you're related to Amy Schumer, and she's as big a pain in the ass as you are. So uh, that whole family, there's something wrong with that Schumer family, man. Oh. I don't, know. I don't like any of I don't like any of stuff. Whether it's Republicans attacking Democrats or Democrats attacking the, and it's not the Democrats and Republicans. It's the far right and the far left attacking each other. It's not Republicans and Democrats. Not anymore. It's the nut jobs. It's yeah. the total nut jobs. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Uh, Australia claims they do have, and by the way, it was asked on this show yesterday. Australia claims they do have a vaccine for the coronavirus, excuse me, the Chinese virus, <laughs> as Donald Trump called it. Uh, and it's a combination of m- malaria vaccine and HIV medicine, which we talked about yesterday in the show. Is that why don't they, why don't they look at the, because uh, look, man, if it's strong enough to kill HIV, it's strong enough to kill anything. You know, yeah, but it works different. That's well, a different kind of thing. I it think. Does. Why? No, but I mean, still, the it, common, it's the combination of it. Well, the combination co- of the two. The common cold is actually a form of Corona. Yes, it's a di- it's, it's Corona yes, one. Right, exactly. It's like Corona one. Right. We've had many coronaviruses. And they've been over trying the years. to find a cure for that for seventy yep. years. Yep. No <laughs> luck. <laughs> With no luck. I mean, the flu doesn't but there really are vaccines. have. Like you know, you can no. You I mean, for the cold, no, no, no. vaccine, no, no well, cure, not, no not nothing. really vaccine, but. Yeah, but you can you can knock the sim- symptoms down. I mean, there's literally nineteen four. There's nineteen v- varieties of Corona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the, right. the 19th uh, one. That's why it's called COVID nineteen. Coronavirus ID nineteen. I think. Oh, I thought it was because it was two thousand nineteen. Uh, is it? I don't think so. I don't know. I know there's well, a lot of coronaviruses, but you could be correct. I don't know. Let's find out. Did it start in nineteen? Oh yeah, it is for nineteen. Oh. It is for 2019. That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, well. That's what I thought in any case, ladies and gentlemen. How, what do I know? How about Canada closing their borders? Yep. Is that making people's heads explode or is that okay? No, no, no. Okay. Justin Trudeau and Donald Trump agreed that they should close the border temporarily. Well, Poland, Poland it is did the, it day one. I'm sure. Yeah, they did. They shut out. Everybody said, you're not coming in here. And that's all there is to it. Um... Uh, it's the longest unprotected border. Now, they do have border guards, but not protected by military. It's the longest unprotected border in the history of the world. I mean, as long as there have been armies, I suppose. I suppose back in the old... Well, there weren't any borders back in the old, old days, so it doesn't really matter. But, uh, it's, yeah, apparently it's the longest undefended border in the history of the planet. That's what they're claiming, anyway. Well, I, don't, I mean, you have to pretty much get across America to get in there. Or arrive by ship, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's no, no other way of getting in. Oh my God! Ava Louise admits she's looking for a record deal reality show on her messy life, the Virus Challenge. She's mm-hmm. actually going with the Virus Challenge. So you know what she did on her Virus Challenge to to not even worry about getting the coronavirus? I don't even know who she is. I don't either. She's a young woman that wants to be a, a TV star and a singer, and ah. she's not there yet. So she'll do anything to be famous. Oh. So far uh, on video that she's released to the world in times of a viral outbreak, why not make a viral video? That was the thought process of TikTok user Ava Louise who once appeared on Dr. Phil's show as a rebellious teen and confessed, I want to have purpose and meaning. Now, to prove that she's not afraid of the coronavirus, she licked a plane's toilet seat on camera. After wiping it with a Lysol wipe. I'm sure. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) I hope. People have lost their anything to be famous, anything for money now with human beings. Human beings are disgusting with their love of money right now. And maybe they've always had it. You think they've always had it? Yeah, they've always had it. God, yeah. People will do anything for money. They will harm people. They'll kill people. They'll ruin people's mm-hmm. lives over money. Ugh. You disgusting asses. You heard me. Well, and what, what, what she's, she's, her big mistake is she thinks fame's going to bring her money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Good luck. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back. Got a special guest coming up next with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems, 
30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> Chuck Knobloch. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Little dancing queen, that's what you're going with. (laughs) I like it. Now we're talking. Ladies and gentlemen, national bestseller, The Cactus League, a novel. Our special guest, Emily Nemmons. How are you, Emily? Uh-oh. You damn right. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, maybe a, recall her. There's, there's a cobra done. on the line. Yeah. There's Rattles, a cobra calling rattlesnake. The rattlesnake. <laughs> no, the line is messed nope. up. I will call, call her back. Seriously, back. Call back that. That's a bad thing. All like right, let me know, there, Andy. Really. She was, on, she was on the phone. Okay. Your mother does something in hell, but I can't <laughs> tell you what it is. Right, anyway, it all works out in the end. Andy's going to get a cleaner line. It does it. Here's what I love about. about She's back. Uh, she will be. Oh, she will be. Here's what I love about all of these things, that whether it be digital or you know whatever, uh, they still haven't perfected it. After all this time, it's a disaster. Why is that? You think they would have figured out phone lines in the last hundred years, wouldn't you? You would think. You'd think. Even when she's not. So I don't know. It's doing it even when she's not patched through, which makes me think something is something in here amiss. Yeah. Oh well, that's great news. Me, I'm glad uh, the bill's two hundred and fifty bucks a month. It's really well worth it. Well, not bad. <laughs> not what? Nothing. Yeah, modern technology. What are we going to do the show? What are we going to do? Modern technology is not that great. (laughs) No, it's not. Modern technology uh, is not that big a deal. So so we got me and Nancy got a big fight last week because I had this interview I had Uh, had to do, and this guy is in a different country, and I'm interviewing him, and so it's an hour interview, and she, I, I didn't have a way to do it. She's like, "I'll use Mm -hmm. this program; it'll work fine." I'm like, "I want a hard tape." I have a recorder. Just get me a cause blank cassette tape. She's like, dog, just go. That's archaic. Go with the new way. I do the interview. Guess what? There's nothing there. Eight seconds. <laughs> it's all gone. So I had to do it again, of course. And it's never good the second time. No, I you can lo- understand you lose that. The, you lose the passion and the energy. It's, it's not there. No, I understand. I can't imagine Nancy... Arguing with you. That must be something to behold. Oh, you don't know Nancy. She can argue. What do you mean by that? All right, let's see if it works this time. Emily, how are you? Hello. There we go. There we go. That sounds terrific. So much better. You sound wonderful. I want you to know that, Emily. It all works out in the end. Well, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Our special guest, Emily Nemons, with us. The book is called The Cactus League, a novel. It is a national bestseller in the Cactus League. Emily Nemons provides her readers with amounts to a miniature self-enclosed world that is funny and poignant and lovingly observed. Well, that's a rather nice review from Charles McGraw of uh, the New York Times book review. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I'll take it. That works for me. Uh, Jason Goodyear is a star outfielder for the Los Angeles Lions, stationed with the rest of his team in the punishingly hot Arizona desert for their annual spring training. Handsome, famous, and talented. Goodyear is nonetheless coming apart at the seams. And I'll stop there. Emily, I want to hear all about your book from your perspective. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yes, the Cactus League is uh, the story of spring training in Arizona set in 2011. Jason Goodyear is this generational player. He's the star of the Los Angeles Lions, which is, as you can imagine, somewhere between the Angels and the Dodgers if L.A. had a third team. And right. everyone's watching Jason's every move, trying to figure out what exactly is happening to their star. And rather than just you know following Jason with a camera on his shoulder, I really thought... Wouldn't this be interesting to think about how how his struggle ripples out to the whole community? So it's thinking about other players on the team, a coach, people in the front office, but also fans, people who work at the stadium, folks who live in Phoenix and are waiting for the team to show up. They, you know, people um, in other cities get to have a team year round, right? But but for these folks in Scottsdale, which is a suburb of Phoenix, they have a baseball team for just six weeks in the spring. Um, and they're waiting all year for that opportunity. Is, do you think, Emily, have you found that baseball in general is kind of tailing off? I hope not, because I was uh, nine years old when the Minnesota Twins started playing baseball. They moved from Washington, D.C. to Minneapolis-St. Paul. I love baseball, but there, I, I've heard from several national reports that baseball has fallen off in favor. Is that true? I mean, by numbers, yes. You know, football is becoming more popular. Baseball is becoming less popular. Fewer people watch it on TV. Fewer people are attending games. Um, so by the number, it's, you know, you could plot that on a graph and say it's diminishing. But I think it's still important. I think it's still an elegant game. I think oh, it's yeah. still an exciting game. I think it will always be a part of the conversation. I just I hope it stays vital enough. I mean, right now, I just hope it comes back at all. Full so stop. Um, I'm sure you yeah. talked about yeah. uh, the fact that, you know, spring training was halted on Friday, and no one knows when the regular season is set to begin. It was supposed to happen, supposed to start a week early, actually, and opening day yeah. was March 26th, and who knows when that will now be. Um, so, you know, I, I think baseball, uh, Major League Baseball, is maybe uncomfortable with losing uh, the throne, right? That for the yeah. longest time, yeah. it, there was no competition. It was America's game. Um, that's not a given anymore. I think it's um, probably good to have a little competition among the sports. Uh, it, it will make baseball yeah. be better. Emily, here's the deal as far as I'm concerned. Because, by the way, the Minnesota Twins and the Minnesota Vikings started the same year, uh, going back to, I think it was 1961 was the year they both started. We had lost our basketball team, but I always thought, even when I was a little kid, that I can catch a football if you throw it to me. I can shoot a basket. I can, you know, shoot a basketball and make a basket. But I cannot hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. It ain't happening. Right. That's why I love right. baseball so much, because they, they do things I could never do, which I love. Right. Yeah. I mean, throwing from the the warning track is real yeah. hard to throw a baseball that far, right? Um, and, you know, it is a different pace of play, and I think that, you know, has something to do with how popular it is right now. There's one ball, and it moves from one person to another to another. Obviously, a couple people are coming together. Um, at home plate and at um, on any of the bases. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. different than basketball where 10 people are running all the time. There's there's such more, there's a lot more fluid and group movement. And I think it takes a certain patience to wait for the ball to move in baseball, right? You've got to wait for yeah. the pitcher to deliver it, the batter to swing, the, the outfielder to catch and to throw. Um, it's much more of a chain of events that that unfolds before your eyes. If you, if you ask a young kid, though, about baseball, they say their main reason why they don't watch it because there's not enough violence. So, like, that's why oh, yeah, USC that's that's why USC's so popular in, in America because it's violent, which I can't watch it at all, but it is yeah, popular in this country. 
Yeah, and I, I don't have an answer for that. You know, I don't I don't enjoy watching violence. Me neither. Um, I, I enjoy watching athletic performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. you want, Emily, you watch a shortstop play a game, and, and it's just amazing that a human being could do all those things that a shortstop does for a baseball team. It's amazing. Do you want to know the most amazing thing I've seen? It wasn't a shortstop, but I was lucky enough to be in the stands to see an unassisted triple play. Ooh. And when you see one of those, you, that's when you appreciate the skill of baseball. Uh, Jay Buhner okay. was running in from the right field, caught a ball, tagged a runner, and stepped on a bag, and the whole inning was over. It was remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? It's wonderful. One, one thing I, I also like about baseball, and you really can't do it in basketball, you can't do it in football. You can in football, but nobody would hear you in, in any case. But I love the fans' interaction, the fans yelling things out to the team in baseball. I've always yeah. enjoyed that. You know? Do you heckle? <laughs> or, or oh, uh, Emily, I might have heckled back in the old days. One thing I will tell you, remember Gene Mock? He was the manager of the Minnesota Twins many, many years ago, back in the, God, I guess it would have been the 70s. Gene Mock managed the Minnesota Twins. And I used to have seats right behind the Twins dugout in the second row. And I didn't like uh, a move that, that uh, manager Gene Mock made. So on his way back into the dugout, I went, nice nice move, Gino. <laughs> and he apparently had an itch on his uh, forehead, and he scratched it with his middle finger as he was going back into the dugout. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I loved it. I loved yeah. all that you stuff. You pretty much used to live for heckling. I used to live for heckling, baby. Yeah. I have been lucky in my life, Emily, in the fact that uh, those 19, uh, the 1987 and 1991 World Series champion twins, many of the players on those teams became friends because, you know, I was doing the radio show all the way back then. Kent Herbeck and I have become very good friends. Tim Laudner, of course, the catcher on the 87 team. You got to let Roy Smalley was the shortstop. For me to go from where I went as a huge baseball fan, as a kid, to actually getting to know World Series champions. what That's just wonderful, Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a gift. It really is. So how, did, did you start out as a little girl sitting next to mom and dad, uh, you know, listening to the games, watching the games? How did, how did your interest in baseball happen? Yeah, um, well, I, the first pictures of me at a baseball stadium were actually in Omaha. My mom is from Nebraska, and... The oh, okay. AAA Royals were there. So there's a picture of me, like, just loving a game with my grandpa when I was two or three. But I started going oh. to games in the kingdom with my father um, when I was maybe five or six years old. You know, that was the late 80s. Ken Griffey Jr., Edgar Martinez, Tino Martinez, oh. uh, Omar yeah. Vizquel. was a really... Randy Johnson was pitching for the Mariners in the early 90s. It was just a really exciting time to be a fan and my dad is a transplant from New York City so he was a Yankees fan and you know reoriented towards this new franchise I think he arrived in Seattle the same year the Mariners did and so we you know he was a few years ahead of me in terms of getting to know the team but we just became really rabid fans he taught me how to keep score you know I was able to just hang out with my dad for three or four hours during the week in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise. And um, that's where it started for me. And, you know, a few years later, we started going down to Arizona, the two of us, just for a long weekend. We'd figure out, you know, if you do it right in the Cactus League, you can do a day game and a night game. Uh, The drives are Mm -hmm. short enough that you can see at least one, but sometimes two games in a day. And we would just slut on spring baseball for a weekend and then go back to Seattle and wait for uh, the regular season to start. So that's, that's where the love um, began for me. Yeah, see, that's the whole deal. And I, and I, I go all the way back, and uh, we're talking to Emily Nemmons about the Cactus Lee, a novel that is a national bestseller. Of course, available on Amazon and everywhere else, as a matter of fact. You do a great job of covering baseball for what it is and what it... I mean, for, for me... I go all the way. You talked about Seattle. I went, oh, the pilots. But they were probably, you know, the pilots ended up going to Milwaukee. Milwaukee ended up going to Atlanta, became the Atlanta Braves. There was an opening in Milwaukee, so Seattle pilots moved to Milwaukee, became the Milwaukee Brewers, and then the Seattle Mariners came along. I love all that about baseball. You know, other teams move around in other sports. 
But in baseball, I don't know. There's something different about it. I have loved baseball since I was a little boy, and I always will love it. It's a great sport. Yeah, one of the fun things about writing a novel is I got to make up a baseball team, the Los Angeles Lions, yeah. and imagining <laughs> yeah, exactly. the history of that franchise. You know, there's not too much history. I didn't want to slow down the book, but, you know, they had a World Series run in 2008. They had one in 74. You know, I, I like, looked in the history of postseason baseball through the 70s and 80s and tried to imagine where where it could bump somebody out and insert the Los Angeles Lions and build a narrative around all of that. Um that was a lot of fun. Oh, I imagine. And a labor of love, obviously. You, you, just from talking to you, I can, you know, uh, certainly pick up on your love of baseball. I have the same love of baseball myself. So to be able to sit down and write a book about it must have been, what a dream that is, Emily. Yeah, it was, a, it was great fun. You know, I had a day job the whole way through. I edit a literary magazine. And so... I would only really get to touch it on evenings and weekends, but I spent the whole week sort of walking around, imagining this team, thinking of you know who's going to pitch the next game. How can I, how can I think about this and move it forward so that when I get back to the desk and start writing again, um, I, I'm making the story better. And it was almost eight years of that of you know working on this book while working um, on magazines during the day and. I'm just, I'm so pleased it's out in the world and people are enjoying it. It is wonderful. I did not look, so I want to hear from you. Who did you dedicate the book to? To my dad. Aww. You did yeah. to your dad. I mean, See, he, that's wonderful. Of course. I mean, he taught me the love of the game. He he introduced me to Scottsdale and, and the Cactus League. I couldn't imagine dedicating it to anyone else. A lot of people help me get there listen like you know my boyfriend and my dog uh are, are two very important creatures in terms of getting me through um the writing and publication process but in terms of who it's dedicated to i i gave that to my dad that is so terrific. Emily Nemens, N-E-M-E-N-S. Emily Nemens, the book is called The Cactus League, a novel. It's available on Amazon, and it is a national bestseller, so get it, read it. What a wonderful story, Emily. And what I love about interviewing authors is, is it's your heart is in this book, and you can certainly tell, which is, I, I absolutely love that idea. Congratulations. Thank you. Have a great day, Emily. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Tom. Bye. We'll be back with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Rock out, man. Let's go. I said rock out. It's <laughs> not too much rocking not out. So is much. It? <laughs> not, not too much rocking out with the Commodores. Hey, what's up? Yeah, what's, what's up with uh, Wally from KQ? 
Wally, um... I know he had some uh, issues and he was going to be off the air for a little bit, but haven't heard anything. He did indeed. There, There is a possibility that Wally... I, you know, I really can't say much about okay. it because I don't want to... Yeah, know, no problem. That's no wrong, problem. But, but there's a possibility that, uh, that Wally may uh, call it a day. Okay. Hmm. Which, after 40... Years at KQ. Yeah, I miss him amazing. on there. Amazing. I miss him on there. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah. Wally is one of the goofiest bastards ever born. <laughs> I love the guy. He's a wonderful guy, but he is goofier than hell. In a, but in a good way. Yeah. He's just a very Catherine. Way. When you consider Wally to be a very quirky individual, he, well, he's in radio. He cracks. Oh! but he cracks. He makes me laugh every every time he's on, though. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's very knowledgeable. He knows a lot about music, too. A yes, lot of stuff that a lot of people have no idea what the hell they'd, they'd be talking about. But he knows he knows music really, really well. He, yeah, he's a very smart guy. Uh, 40 well, he's years. a very smart guy. That'll do it. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, I don't know. Um, Wall... No, you made me sad. Way yeah, to go, no, I didn't LA. Mean, I didn't mean to do that. I just, I just was wondering because yeah. he did, he did make an announcement, and then I never heard anything. Don't worry about my feelings, you know. <laughs> I didn't make you. I didn't make you. Made mean to make you feel sad, Tom. No, he just. He's such a good guy. He, he just. <laughs> someday I'll tell you a story about. Craig Schumacher doing a prank phone call to him, and Wally <laughs> fell for it 100%. Oh, God. God, it was the funniest thing ever. It, it was, uh, I think it was about the Chinese virus. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't about the Chinese <laughs> I'm Not still laughing time. about that. He intentionally walked out to that did. microphone, did President Trump, and went, you know, the Chinese virus. Oh, God, watching <laughs> the... Uh, the coronavirus press conference was actually the first time I had ever actually watched him speak in any oh, capacity. Oh, really? Yeah, I had never seen him speak before, and I was just like, reporters were like, they'd ask him a question, like, okay, I have two questions, uh, one, what, uh, and then he'd just like interrupt them to answer the first question. They'd start asking the second, and he'd just like, you over there, uh, your turn. He does it on purpose. But he was very mild in he that does, one. Yeah. He was very mild on that one. Oh, yeah. I've, he's been I've, very oh, yeah, aggressive. Well, he's he very can, sober when he's talking about the virus. Well, I, yeah, that's just that's how New York businessmen so are. They're what, pushy. What, what's going to happen? So now they, they, they've closed everything, restaurants and bars. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Like, if you have a bar, you pretty much pay your bills month to month on yeah, that bar. Yeah, the takeout oh, yes. is going to help a lot of places, but with bar, and, you can't and really. I just, I, just, I just got a message on Facebook, Brian Bell, who's a bar owner in downtown Minneapolis, the Yons Rouge, met, mm-hmm. and I saw his, he just met, so he's listening. I just seen that he posted that the state hasn't, said that you don't have to pay your taxes that are due this week yet. Mm. So are they going to make all these businesses pay state liquor tax when you don't have any business I going on? They're not going to be able so. to, right? Not, they can't. They can't. Well, it's well, all mail. It's funny you bring that up. It's funny you bring that up because yesterday on the KQ Morning Show, yesterday, I said, you've got to Governor Walls, and I talked about Ryan Winkler, who's you know running the, uh, the House for the Democrats. Um... I said, you've got to waive the sales tax and use taxes for small business for however long this lasts. You've got to just waive it, not delay it, <laughs> waive it. Waive it, yes. Uh, get rid of it because it, they're not going to be able to return. You need to keep business healthy, and the way to keep business healthy is waiving the, the, the state sales tax and the state use tax. I pick up uh, on the Star Tribune website this morning. And there's Gavin Kaysen, who, you know, Gavin Kaysen has a ton of very good restaurants, saying the exact words that I said yesterday morning, but the Star Tribune's like, he's got a good idea. <laughs> it's like, really? No, Gavin, I'm not saying that Gavin stole it. That's not, because I'm just saying he's smart because it's a really good idea. And to be shoulder to shoulder with Gavin on this thing, and, I think is a great does it, deal. Does it, it, it needs to happen. Doesn't Minnesota have billions in surplus? Three billion dollars. Yeah. So why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they waive everybody's taxes for this right now? I will. You figure out uh, by the way the amount of money that Gavin uh, Gavin's restaurants make. His sales and use taxes per month are a hundred grand. Wow. wow. A month. That's mm. good. Yeah. That's pretty good, don't you think? Yeah. 
You know, Italy, Italy gave that. everybody, uh, all things are frozen. Everything's frozen. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mortgages, loans, taxes, everything's frozen. Mm-hmm. Well, it should be frozen. Because, and, and you know, maybe we should have, we should have Mike Bilski on the show, the, the bankers take on that. So how do, how do you survive um, if people aren't paying you the interest on their loans? Because I would imagine you're going to have to pay the interest on your loans. Maybe not the principal put that on hold for a while, yeah. but you're still going to have to pay your interest, I would think. Well, I think you, you, right. you do have to right now. You have to even pay your, yeah. ta- your state yep. taxes right now. They're not holding them up right now. They're still saying you need to pay it. Well, as they're, of they're today. due on Friday. Yeah, as of today, they're still saying you have to pay them. Yeah, that's a big mistake. I think Governor Walls will take care of that. that I, I just don't think that's a very good idea. Matter of fact, I think it's a really stupid idea. They don't have any money. You shut them down. They don't have any money, well, and, and they just followed your lead, so you're going to have to help them. Well, okay, so at the worst case, we're going to go, what, a month shutting everything down? I would think worst case. Mm, Probably worst worst case, too, at the very worst. So everybody's just going to have to eat it for a month, right? They're just not be able to make any profits. They're just not going to be able – nobody's going to be able to pay anything. I mean, if Mm. nobody's making any money, they can't pay anything. Right, right. But, I mean, and all of this talk about bailing out the airline industry, Mm -hmm. they're very profitable. Why don't they have any money to make it through a month of not being – 100% 100% percent operational. Honey, Actually, honey, I, don't you think, can't, uh, I don't think they're that profitable. They're fairly, no? yeah, they are. I don't think they are. Well, they said that they're going to be I, in like a year, they're going to be out of $10 billion or something like that. Well, I don't in know. A, yeah. In a year. Yeah. Right. I just, I don't know. I, look, I love the fact that you can run Boeing and then Boeing 727s killed what about 500 people two of them crashing killed about 500 people 747 right, max. 400 people yes yeah, oh 747 max yeah. that's what it was so how many people did it kill total of two crashes i don't actually know they knew there was something wrong apparently uh, that's the that's what the government says they knew there was something wrong the guy gets fired and gets how much in severance pay oh, a lot. Pe- people are dead now, ton, dozens and dozens and dozens of people are dead. He gets the hook and gets sixty-seven million dollars in severance pay. Yeah. Why? Stoy Look what you did to that company. Man. Oh, it's a seven thirty-seven max. We were seven thirty-seven. We were both okay. off I by know ten. Seven forty-seven. Yeah. But imagine if you were yeah, one of these people who max. just opened up a restaurant in downtown Minneapolis two weeks ago. Three hundred forty-six oh, yeah. deaths, by the way. 346, I, I figured it was somewhere between four and 500, but it's 346. And this guy gets $67 million in severance pay. What are we doing? Okay. Delta. Yes. September quarter 2019 adjusted pre-tax income of $2.0 billion, adjusted net income of $1.5 billion, and adjusted earnings per diluted share of 2.32. That's a 29% increase year after year. So Delta making... returned $468 million to shareholders through dividends and share repurchases. That's pretty good. So they're making and a they've been buying a back. Net yeah, but... Profit, net profit. Yeah. So it's pretty good. I, I, yeah, I, I really just don't, I just don't feel sorry. Well, so maybe the shareholders don't get to have their $468 million for yeah, probably. a couple of months. I don't know. I mean, it just, to me, it's, the airline is this the perfect... Bernie Sanders sort of perfect storm because they they they're so awful. They make everybody so uncomfortable. They do all these fees for bags and all, all this stuff and non-refundable flights and $200 change fees plus the difference in the ticket price and it, it, and even if you get to cancel something, they give it to you in an e-credit. They get to hold on to your money for yep. at least a year. They do everything to make sure that the consumer is screwed. And then we're supposed to, as taxpayers, just give them a trillion dollars or whatever the hell they want. I just, I'm against it. You do I wonder, really it's am. like, they operated so much better for so long, and they did just fine. Why is it all of a sudden so necessary to make the seats smaller every year and make the price go up every year? 
you know, if they yeah, and- if they were solvent when people were sitting in luxury chairs smoking the entire time, you know. Well, now they're actually making more money because to get fuel prices are dropping. Yeah, exactly. So you. Well, yeah, but the other thing is, is they don't they don't dump the uh, fuel surcharge on there after that price goes down. They keep charging it to you. Yeah. Right now, right now, prices <laughs> are pretty cheap. Yeah. Well, yes. You're not yeah. going to get that taken off your ticket, are you? I just booked, I, mean, I actually I mean, just I booked just... a ticket yesterday for to go to Pedro, Italy in, in September for Benelli Week, and price was very, very cheap on Delta. Oh, speaking of Italy, imagine, and yeah. getting into Italy. Apparently, uh, Venice right now, it's nice and pretty because of all the tourists are gone. Yeah. It's all the garbage they throw in the canals and yeah. all the pollution from the boats and everything. It's like, you know, for the first time in how long? It's getting you, cleaned. Yeah, exactly. The water's clean. So, hey, if you're fearless, go to Venice right now. You can go, Venice but you can't get place back. To go. That's, well, there's that. <laughs> Move to oh, you know, it's not a bad thing. As a nice Italian boy there, L.A. Nick, did you see what's going on in Venice? Uh, I just saw pictures of nobody there. Well, yeah. They said that for the first time in memory, the water in the canals is clear because <laughs> all the stuff washed out to sea. Yeah, that's Literally what Andy just, just said. said. <laughs> that's what Andy just said. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. I was. I was. I, I, oh I'm God. sorry, didn't because I was. I was teeing up other stuff. Oh. I have other things to do, you know. Oh, in other words, your mind Jesus drifted, did Christ. it? You know, they're saying Italy's peaked now, that it's going down, which right. is good. Yeah, they peaked um, hard. And, you know, Italy, Italy does have the oldest population on Earth. That's so weird. Why is that? Because they eat a Mediterranean they also... diet. Ah. And people live there. I mean, their average, their average lifespan is 12 years more than ours. So... Well, is it true? I've been hearing these things on Twitter. I, I never know what's true. That um, Milan was really hit hard, right? Yes, that whole region. And they have a lot of Chinese workers in the garment industry. They do, and they also have a lot of Chinese tourists that come there and buy so, Gucci and all that stuff. Lots. So were the Chinese people that are living in Italy hard hit with this or was it primarily well it was mostly native the el- italians mostly or? the elderly the elderly is what died there's uh, there's a video of a guy just going through a bit the newspaper and it's just pages and pages and pages of obituaries and everybody's uh, 96 95 98 you know well but they weren't treating them either well, you so, do know that yeah, that they, they decided that well, anybody a senior somebody, citizen wasn't going to get treated. Well, the the, the, the odds of saving them is yeah, that's not the very great. Ninety eight about viruses like that. If you're in your mid nineties and you get this virus, there's just really nothing you can do. Right. I, I, yeah, I know that, but I don't know what what constitutes what's what's a senior there. What are they saying? Over sixty five? Over eighty? No, I think it's a little yeah, over eighty. I think. I don't know what the age. Cutoff was for that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's eighty. Because I mean, if you're a very healthy eighty year old, you could. I, there have been people that have survived this that have. I I think the oldest one that I saw was in their nineties. I mean, I when I go over there, I I see guys in their nineties still riding motorcycles. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just <sighs> this whole thing is. I, yeah, so Italians over eighty apparently. Yeah, over eighty. Over eighty. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's, that's considered a My senior. parents are on lockdown. I can't go see them. Yeah, that's true. Really? Yeah, he, yeah they can leave, but they can't go back. Right. So, you know, that's not Well, ideal. I don't even know if you could go in to get them. No, you can't go what in. What are they going to do, no just boot them out in, the door? But people can leave if they want. <laughs> but, you know, then what? Yeah. We will take a break, come back with a second hour, and I, I'm trying to get this straightened away, Andy, so I don't repeat what you just said again, because <laughs> I'm trying to get my my computer teed up because it's, uh-huh. I'm having trouble with Microsoft. So sorry about that, Microsoft. but we'll be back with hour two.